0: everybody, it's He Young. Roundtable is thrilled to launch the UniTalk Challenge, rising stars of Roundtable. If you like the show and enjoy our discussions, why not take the stage yourself? Calling all university students, both undergraduates and postgrads, to engage in an English discussion on a topic that ignites your passion. Record your discussion, which consists more than one person, and send it to us at ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. You could be the next rising star of Roundtable. An incredible opportunity awaits, so seize the moment.
1: Discussion keeps the world turning.
2: This is Roundtable.
0: You're listening to Roundtable Live with me, He Yang, joined by Li Yi and Yushun in the studio. Coming up, from handling minor illnesses to long-term conditions, we've got your back. Or it's more like the uh, practitioners, professionals, and experts in community pharmacies have got your back and they are the neighborhood champions for health advice and support. We will get into their business as well as what they do. And our special segment Motivational Monday coming your way will give you that adrenaline shot for the start of the week. Our podcast listeners can find us at Roundtable China on Apple Podcast. If you have questions that you want us to answer on social issues, business, technology, or whatever moves your spirit you can send those our way there's a place to do it ezfm roundtable at foxmail.com emails are fine, but voice memos are always better because we're a radio show after all and now let's move on to our next topic of discussion today Access to medications can be complicated. Given the increasing prevalence of chronic diseases in the general population, having a readily available source of guidance and support for patient medicines, be it for minor acute illnesses or ongoing long-term conditions, in one's residential neighborhood is crucial. And this is where community pharmacies come into play. Hopeful and helpful to meet this pressing need. Some seasonal chronic conditions need medication like clockwork, such as allergic rhinitis or AR, or Bian in Chinese. And in this regard, community pharmacies increasingly emerge as first-stop medical consultation centers for its accessibility and timely care for patients. So let's begin this discussion with one particular condition. And why should we pay attention to, let me say this again, allergic rhinitis, or AR.
2: Well, I would say I want to introduce why we need to care about this, because from my beautifully congested sound, you can tell I'm an allergic rhinitis patient, and I can proudly say I almost know everything about (laughs) AR, and I know how miserable it could be, although we can't really say it's the most serious disease, because it's not, but it still can affect you on a daily basis. Well, here, let me just bring some medical information first so that we can have a basic understanding. Allergic rhinitis is an allergic reaction that could just cause sneezing, congestion, itchy nose, and watery eyes. And there could be various triggers, Mm -hmm. such as pollen, dust, mold, or skin or fur from certain animals. And sometimes it's also known as hay fever. Although hay is not just one typical trigger and the people don't really mostly get a fever. But the important thing is that people can really suffer from AR at any time of the year. While the traditional classification is seasonal and perennial, but in reality, the situation is not really cr- clearly defined because allergens that are seasonal in one part of the world can really be per- permanent in other areas. And so some experts think that a better classification is intermittent or if your symptoms last for A longer period of time. You can just call it like a persistent um, AR. But the most important thing is that it can really last for a while. And in moderate or severe conditions, it can really bother your sleep, work, study, and everyday life. Mm. And also the symptoms of AR occasionally improve with time. But this really take a long period of time, like years. And in most cases, Experts think that it's really unlikely to completely cure the the condition of AR. Mm. So in this case, as you said, regular and long-term medication, treatment, prevention can be so important in this area.
1: Mm. Mm. Well, um, first of all, As a person who will only think AR as augmented reality, (laughs) of course, I am not a patient, but I can fully understand, you know, how... uh, annoying how annoying Thank it could you. <laughs> be as a patient of AR because I just talked about it with uh one of my friends about these AR bits because he has been suffering from AR for so many years and every year when it's like pollen season or it's yeah. getting cold he will have a stuffy nose and according to him there is no cure and he will only need to he can only just you know suffer from that or you know when it's like probably a better air quality, he will will feel better, right?
2: Yeah, and I think like some people like your friend, they are aware of the specific allergen they are allergic to, like pollen, like dust. But I think like a large number of patients, they are not really allergic to one specific allergen. They can be allergic Mm. to several things. And uh, in most cases, sometimes you can't really have a like a very thorough detect or test of your allergens mm-hmm. and, uh, and also sometimes uh, it's really difficult to avoid those allergens completely so that is what make you know the treatment of this disease so
0: complicated I guess mm-hmm. yes and also I guess the allergic part is the um, slightly new bit in the discussion as it seems like more Chinese people or at least there's there are more reports of people being allergic to different elements, and uh, to figure out what you're truly allergic to, I suppose you'll need to go to the doctor, go to the hospital for, and go through a medical test, or and it it um it, it costs like. Well, actually, it depends on your medical insurance, but um, I, for one, have uh, uh, gone through one of those um, tests, and, and it was just the strangest result, in my opinion, because um, as a Beijing child, like, didn't used to be allergic to stuff, not to my memory, Mm. but as an adult. Admittedly, I've traveled the world, been to different places, lived away for a while, and coming back, and now I'm allergic to Mm. the most commonly and widely planted tree type in this city. So I just couldn't understand why this has happened, but um, maybe you're like me, a fellow person who's allergic to some new thing that you didn't think you that bothered you in the past and it seems like there's more attention at least there's a lot more discussion on social media among folks about these allergies and of course that could include Peanuts, uh, dairy products, those kind of things, or all that stuff that's floating in the air. And that Mm. could result in you having watery eyes, blocked nose like uh, AR or other things. I suppose this is not as prevalent, but, you know, just to join the uh, club of patients when it comes to allergies, allergic uh, conjunctivitis. And that's 过敏性截膜炎. Mm. So that's the eyes. Oh, yeah. I sp- speak um with watery eyes right now and um and and these are things that yes if you know we're talking on national radio then it might not feel like a big deal but for everyday people who need to deal with this and it's a great nuisance and if you could get it sorted out or healed and cured then it really enhances the quality of life and maybe going to these um Community pharmacies, or at least this might be the easier way for people to deal with it, because I suppose the comparison is otherwise you might need to register at a hospital and if you've been to most Chinese Big hospitals—they're congested, they're crowded, and you'd be elbowing people away uh, to, to to sort of see the doctor. So, so is this why the community pharmacies are grabbing people's attention, or you know, the advantages of it has been sort of touted by observers? Uh, reporters and, um, and and those who are in need. So yeah, could you walk us through that process? Well, I
2: think definitely uh, the inconvenience to bigger hospitals might just encourage more people turn to community level pharmacies or hospitals or medical institutions for help, treatment, and also prevention and sometimes education as well. But I think a bigger picture is that here in China, Uh, As well as other parts of the world, the number of AR patients has been on the rise, as you mentioned. It's not really your feeling, it's actually the truth. Maybe because the uh, the environment has been changing or because we have a more widely applied diagnosis at different levels of hospitals. But anyhow, in 2005, the self-reported prevalence of allergic rhinitis among adults in China was about 11%. And then by 2011, it had risen to over 17%. And also from 2001 to 2021, that among children and and the teenagers aged zero to 18 reached nearly 18.5%. And also according to some local uh, health and medical experts, the AR patients uh, they have encountered in reality in recent years are becoming increasingly younger. So I guess that's why we're talking about building more, say, root or grassroots level uh, of medical help or medical resources can be so important facing with such a large group of AR patients. Mm -hmm. And also, as a typical AR patient, I would say sometimes Besides regular medication, emotional support can also be so important for patients who suffer from chronic disease like AR because it can be really tricky. I mean, that's the tricky p- part of allergy. It can't really be cured in most cases. And it's not that, like uh, life-threatening if you deal with it in a proper way. But it can really, like symptoms can really annoy you on a daily basis. So you have to live with the fact so,
0: that... Um, Sorry to interject, yeah. but let's just take the opportunity to gross everybody out. No, I mean, just to paint the picture for everybody. What do you mean? So you've got the nose blockage. So is that like you have to carry tissues around you yeah. all the time? And and even like wake up during the sleep and
2: you have to sleep your nose. And sometimes your eyes, your ears can also be itchy. Mm-hmm. And some people also got itchy uh. on their skin. So you see, that can really affect your daily life yeah. so that's why for some patients i mean not only for like patients of ar of other chronic diseases actually you have to bear with this fact that you have to live with it for the rest of the life and you have to um, deal with it very properly like regular meditation and you have to prevent it very well so that's where i would say you know pharmacies or some like uh, medical institutions nearby your home could really play an important role because it can somehow like forge a community. You know, mm. there are some other people who are also suffering from such condition. Yeah.
0: Sometimes it can also relieve your anxiety, I would say. Yeah, mm. but what's so new about this though? Like having, okay, usually it's a milk tea shop. Uh, there's probably a Seven Eleven or some kind of small convenience store. What else? Now, maybe mm, sometimes the post office sometimes not, and sometimes um, a community bank as such, and also a pharmacy. I think these are some of the pretty standard, may I say, facilities that should exist in a mature neighborhood. I mean, what is the focal point now about community pharmacies? So it's a pharmacy in a community, right?
1: I think it is because they are offering more convenience for these, not only patients, but also, um, you know, citizens. Because, of course, aside from AR, people will have so many small, tiny little issues or, um, you know, health issues, and they need to get to some place that, um, when it is very urgent. And in that case, China has relatively established pharmacy system. And we can see, you know, in 2022, China has... More than six thousand and six hundred pharmacy retail enterprises and there are three hundred and sixty thousand retail pharmacies across China. That is an increase of nearly seven percent compared to twenty twenty one. And by the end of August twenty twenty three, there are six there are seven thousand seven hundred and sixty five thousand registered pharmacies in China. And I, I think that is you know, consequently making people having a better experience of getting some urgent medication or just daily uh, necessities from these pharmacy stores.
0: Yes. And what else do you think that the community pharmacies and also the registered pharmacists can play as a bigger role in the community?
2: Well, I think now we witness some pharmacies, they are already on their way to educate uh, patients or residents about the proper medication if they suffer from chronic diseases like AR, because in most cases, in reality, when you look at those patients, they tend to trivialize their symptoms and their conditions, meaning that they could just uh, adopt a self-managing approach when dealing with their disease. And Mm -hmm. they might not really take the most correct medication, which might not really be so affecting for them right now, but it can really impact their, you know, the the course of their disease in the long term. So that's why I think pharmacies, I mean, with uh, professional pharmacists can really educate and teach patients what is the correct and proper way to take pills. Mm -hmm. And you have to take pills on time and you have to take enough amount of pills each time. And also some pharmacies, they're also trying to establish certain health profiles for residents living nearby, meaning that they can really record their symptoms from time to time and when they just have like a, another AR and uh, how, how, how much pills they are taking and how long the symptoms are lasting for this period. This can really be very essential and inform, important information, yet this information can also be ignored in the long term of treatment or prevention of chronic diseases. So mm-hmm. this is where I think pharmacies or community level medical institutions can really play a role.
0: Yes, they can come in really handy just to provide that ready source of advice and support around the medicines and also um, for especially some of the minor illnesses mm-hmm. um, to have a quick diagnose and um, give you tell you what medication to take is is useful, but I suppose there are at least two obstacles, um, maybe just in the minds of uh, regular folks before they um, maybe treat these community pharmacies with a greater um, respect, I suppose. That is, first of all, you need to have the trust. And then I think a lot of this trust comes from how professional these people are. Mm. And I um, it goes without saying that we don't have enough medical professionals in this country, nor in a lot of other countries around the world. There's a global shortage for doctors, nurses, and pharmacists. And also another thing is, is this connected to your national insurance, your your medical insurance? Because for um, a, a lot of folks... Who? Well, for most people, you would want to enjoy the um, the, the legitimate um, and well-deserving payout, um, and and do these pharmacies um, sufficiently connect with the insurance? And that's not all pharmacies. So that's another. So the financial aspect of the of this must. Um, be sorted out before more people feel that they're comfortable in making these medication purposes and hopefully receive specialist advice on the way. And coming up next Motivational Monday. Motivational Mondays
2: Mondays.
0: Yes, it goes without further explain. Motivate the hell out of me, please, Yushun. I need that. (laughs)
1: Uh, So uh, my Motivational Monday quote is from a book called Courage to be Disliked, written by Fumitake Koga and Ichiro Kishimi. Okay,
0: that doesn't sound like Chinese or English. (laughs) Of course, yeah, (laughs) as
1: Japanese writers. And um, the quote goes like, The world is extremely simple, and people can access happiness at any time. Well, of course, um, you know, the first sense, the first, um, I think, impression of listening to this statement may be very or overly idealist. But later, this book also provided explanations. So he said, humans do not live in the objective world, but in the subjective world, they construct. The world you see is different from the world I see, and it is probably a world that cannot be shared with anyone. And it's still quite abstract, so they offer another more realistic example. Perhaps you know that the temperature of well water is constant, right? Staying around like 18 degrees throughout the year, this is an objective number that remains the same no matter who measures it. However, the perception of drinking well, well water in the summer feels cool, while in winter it feels mild. So the temperature remains constant at 18 degrees, but the feeling of drinking it in summer and in winter is vastly different. So in this um, reality, and when we return to the title of this book, you know, Courage to be Disliked, I was thinking that precisely because people's approach to things is subjective. So no matter what you do, you cannot change other subjective intentions toward this world or toward you. So in that case, why not we just have the courage to do What you really want to do, right? Mm -hmm. Of course, it's quite reasonable that you still disagree with this theory that, you know, this world is super simple. But because the content of this book actually revolves around this debate, and I believe that at least one thing is worth learning is that we can occasionally break out of our fixed thinking and view things from a third person perspective so that we that might allow us to be more objective and rational. And yeah, in that way, hopefully, the mindset can give our listeners a bit of motivation.
0: Yeah, very nice. Thank you very much, Yushun. And Lee, what do you have for us?
2: Well, I would just want to bring a quote from Winston Churchill. The quote goes like this. Success is not final, failure is not fatal. Very, very good. (laughs) It is the courage to continue that counts. I think, yeah, these words really tell the essence of resilience, perseverance, and also the journey we take when we want to pursue our dreams because. Sometimes we know life is filled with ups and downs, peaks and valleys, success and setbacks, and sometimes it can be so easy to reveal in success and the the, the glory of achievement. But as this quote reminds us, I think success is not really a final destination, it's only a milestone, along the path. And in those successful moments, it's really crucial to remember that there's always more to learn, more to achieve, and new heights to reach. Mm -hmm. So on the flip side, failure, too, is not really the end of the road. It's not really a permanent state, but a temporary setback. So the key is really to not be disappointed by failure, but also to have this courage to continue no matter what.
0: Yes, absolutely. And for every successful figure that you see in public, they failed a million times before you saw their success. All right. And what I have for you here is, well, I want to mention Britney Spears. She rose to stardom in the late 1990s and early 2000s as a pop icon. Her debut single, Baby One More Time, became an instant global hit and launched her into superstar status and from which she never looked back for young millennial girls she was the slightly rebellious role model who've made us feel bold enough to show a little skin knowing full well that we were good girls at heart and this image it seems was a lie and one that made me feel sadder than I expected. Her latest memoir, The The Woman in Me, is possibly one of the most wrenching music memoirs available. And it reads more like a gothic horror story filled with uh, uh, pain, suffering, and trauma. And by the end, Britney Spears emerges as a resilient heroine, although It by no means is an uplifting story, and it is less the victory lap that uh, might be typical of other celebrity memoirs, and more a confession, I feel, and just by the way she writes. You don't really know if she's going to come back performing, but she's been through so much, which um, it might be surprising for people because, you know, a big celebrity like this feels like almost overexposed. and um, But we simply know nothing about her life across uh, more than, well, close to 300 pages. Britney Spears goes deep on her 13-year conservatorship, which she was stripped of, most adult rights and she wrote in her own words, she was too sick to choose my own boyfriend and yet somehow healthy enough to appear on sitcoms and morning shows and to perform for thousands of people in a different part of the world every week but she could not decide on even like the stuff she wanted to eat, how to use her money so this also sheds light on this peculiar arrangement of conservatorship and also I'm sure a lot of you out there um, want to know about her relationship with Justin Timberlake and some of the other stuff. But what is really inspiring, I suppose, is the strength and bravery this woman has displayed at the end of it. And it is truly a brave and astonishingly moving story about freedom, fame, motherhood, survival, faith, and hope. So here I want to leave you with her song, Stronger, which is from her second studio album, Oops, I Did It Again, from 2000. And uh, I hope you enjoy this music and remember that we, this is not imposing on you, but hopefully we can all emerge stronger than ever from whatever we're going through. And that brings us to the end of today's show. Thank you so much, Yu Shun and Li for joining the discussion. I'm He Yang. We'll see you next time. I'm not your
2: property, as from.